When the disruption first kicked off on campus ministry a year ago, we worked so hard to move all of our ministry systems and structures into an online environment, but not all of them made the jump and they can. This is Steve and you're listening to Ministry During the Disruption. Excited to have a special guest on the podcast today, coming to us live in our virtual studio from Orange County, California, a team leader with InterVarsity, particularly connected with Chapman University. He is also an amateur Instagram influencer. Welcome to the podcast, Daniel Allen. Hey, Steve. Great to be here. So glad that um, that you could join us. I've gotten to connect with you uh, off and on throughout the pandemic through our kind of online conversations. You've been so helpful to InterVarsity nationally as a leader and a, a voice in online ministry. How are you doing these days? You know, I'm doing well. Definitely uh, trying to get up out of my desk chair a little bit more often. Got a chance to finally get outside with my wife this last week during a pseudo spring break. And so we're feeling good, a little bit more rested and excited to head into the summer. Yeah. I, now, you actually have an interesting history with InterVarsity. You grew up around InterVarsity. I did. I did. So both my parents were on staff with InterVarsity for a period of time. And my dad, Tom Allen, is actually still connected with InterVarsity in a variety of capacities working with InterVarsity. And so I grew up on campus at UC Riverside. and around students for my whole life. They lived with us, they hung out with us, and now I get to do the same with them. And, and did you go to school in Southern California? I did go to school in Southern California. So I went to UCLA. Uh, my little brother also followed me there or paved his own way to get there, but uh, ended up there as well. And so, yeah, was in LA for a while, then came down to Cal State Long Beach and was on staff with InterVarsity for a while there and then headed over to more central Orange County, where I've been for the last seven years now. All right. So, Daniel, as we were emailing, setting up this interview, you had a hot take that will be really helpful for us. Could you share it? Absolutely. So one of the things that I think we've all experienced in the midst of the pandemic is that in our ministry, in our lives, in everything around us, there's a temptation to just kind of lock down and take as much control as possible because everything in the world is so chaotic. We don't know what's coming next. So let's not leave anything to chance. And I suppose my hot take on that is that while that makes me feel better, it's probably not the uh, most kingdom-minded thing I might be able to do. And so what I've been learning and trying to actively practice is uh, trying to empower students even more than maybe I did pre-pandemic in an effort to help develop leaders of leaders, even when I can't see them in person. And so I think that we have seen incredible fruit there. Well, and, and I think you're naming a, a ministry temptation that ministry leaders in the campus ministry space are feeling right now, because for many of us, our student leaders are stressed, 
they're struggling. They're maybe communicating that they don't have a tremendous amount of capacity to lead. So I understand why people will maybe pull back from empowering their leaders of leaders, empowering their student leaders to take steps in ministry. Uh, what is it that, that made you want to lean in into that space? Yeah, I think the main thing that made me want to lean into that space is that we've seen it be so effective before, um, pre-pandemic. And so I think there was an obvious question, which is, why can't we trust God to have it be just as effective in this new environment? So when you say effective, let me, t- let me tell you what I hear, because I, I don't think it's what you yes. mean. So what I hear is it gets us more people, it gets us more money, it gets us more status, it, it, it grows the ministry, but is at the expense of the student leader. Is that what you're finding? I, I don't think it's what you're finding, right? No, not at all. I think that if anything, the student leaders, as they take on more responsibility, as they step into greater and greater risk, would say that any costs that they pay are absolutely to their benefit and only enhance their experience of college and their university, time at university, um, but also their relationship with God. So in our attempts to shelter and protect the people we're leading, we might be denying them a really formative discipleship experience. Absolutely. I think for myself, I'm always tempted to make a decision for a student because I care for them or because I'm worried that they might not like me or like InterVarsity. And even if they end up saying no to whatever invitation I give them, I want them to be the one to make that decision as opposed to making it for them. And that's something that, that I've wrestled with as long as I've been in ministry, is that temptation to say no for other people. For me, it first showed up when I was a student and was thinking about witnessing and sharing the gospel with people where I would say, no, 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 he's not actually interested. I'm not going to talk to him about Jesus or no, no, no. That person is committed to a different religious structure. I'm not going to share the reason for the hope that I have with them. So this actually spills out into other areas of ministry. What about for you? Are there ways where you still find yourself tempted to say no for people? Yeah, I think, like you said, it spills out not just into inviting leaders and student leaders into greater positions of leadership, but absolutely in evangelism, in just pure time management. And I think for me, I'm constantly fighting against the feeling of I'm asking for too much time in this student's schedule. You have so many things on your plate as a college student, and I want you to be involved in many, many things. You're here not to major in university, but to experience the fullness of what college has to offer. And so I'm constantly fighting that feeling of, oh man, is what I have good enough? Is it, I don't want to be too much of their time or too much of the, too big a slice of the pie. Well, and that, that challenge to trust students is, um, it cuts to the root of the campus minister's uh, sense of superiority in some cases. Is that sense of, I know what's best for my students, you know, instead of trusting students to discern what's best for them. Yeah, I think that that definitely plays into that, especially the longer I find myself in ministry, there is a little bit of that curse of knowledge of kind of, 
forgetting what it's like to be in the position of a student and honestly becoming a little bit more disconnected and imagining or assuming that the experience of all college students is like what it was for me in 2009. And it is definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much has changed. I mean, you went to school right in the middle of the Great Recession. And uh, there's some resonance now to your student experience. And yet some of the technology, some of the options available for collaboration, for even ministry, just weren't there when we were students. I, I wonder if you can also speak to another dynamic that I've seen. So you are an incredibly capable person. Like you're a great campus minister. You can do the graphic design and Instagram. Like you've got strong Instagram game. When the pandemic hit, you were one of the people I reached out to, to, to ask like, Hey, could you create some social media posts? And I see them all over the internet these days, the stuff that you created, you can lead Bible studies. You can lead small groups. You can lead prayer meetings. You can lead leadership meetings. There's a little bit of like, how do you wrestle with this? Like I can do it myself. Like you really can do it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely a high control person. And when it comes to getting to do things on my own, there is often that fear of, am I willing to sacrifice uh, quality, at least what I define as quality, for the sake of someone else's development? And I think that it's a constant back and forth with God. And what the pandemic has really revealed, and I think pressed in a helpful way, is it has lowered my capacity in a lot of ways, whether energy or just time or the amount of responsibilities that are on my plate. And so there's been a sense of desperation that I think was there maybe years ago and is now resurfacing that forces me to ask students and empower students to do more. And then I get to be pleasantly surprised and reminded that, oh yeah, I don't have to do it all on my own. And Oftentimes, students can do it just as well, if not better, than me. I, I remember having the experience when I was a, a new campus staff worker. Uh, we had a large group gathering, kind of a worship gathering with a speaker. And um, one of my students was going to speak. And he was kind of a wild, wild dude and wasn't entirely sure what to expect, but I knew he took it really seriously. And he gave a message that I, I never would have given. He saw an angle in a passage, a, an angle to campus that I never would have seen. And it was one of the most effective talks that we had all year in that ministry structure. It's one that students continue to, to circle back to. Chris, if you hear this, you did such a great job. That was a long time ago. You did such a great job. And I think that that uh, ability to be surprised by the beautiful things that students do is something that that we need to preserve and that the disruption can help us cement more deeply. If you're listening to this and you're a college student, please know that you have the capacity to do some remarkable things that your campus minister may not even think to ask you to do. It may be beyond their imagination to ask you to do this. Yes, I would echo that with so much fervor. I think if you're a college student, please disrupt our ideas of what we think is possible, even when this pandemic slows down a little bit. I think we need some of that interruption and disruption in our lives as well. 
Well, I, I wonder if you can pull us close to a story. So there was something that happened to you this week that, or, you know, the last couple of weeks that made you reflect more deeply on the importance of your ministry to students who are leading other students. Could you share a little bit about what happened and, and how you felt about it? Yeah, so this was a couple weeks ago now. Uh, I was sitting in a staff meeting with a group of other campus ministers from Orange County, and we were discussing this very idea of what does it look like for us to develop leaders of leaders when that's probably the last thing on our mind in the midst of our ministry being disrupted. We're just trying to keep the boat afloat, not try and make structural improvements. And we were talking about that, and I was reminded of the story and the testimony of one of our interns who's now coming on staff, um, a young man named Crosby. He graduated from Chapman University last year, in May of last year, and he was recounting his story of having been a student and had been invited at unusually early times in the scope of the ministry that we do to take on more responsibility. So invited to lead a small group in spring semester of his freshman year invited to consider giving up positions of leadership on the sports teams he was part of in order to take a bigger role leading the ministry of InterVarsity on campus. And he recounted these series of decisions that he made and invitations that evidently I had given him and not remembered uh, now in 2021, but he shared how that had really formed him and formed his heart and formed really the muscle a memory of risk taking to the point where he's now coming on full time staff with InterVarsity and looks back at this time of being invited to be a leader of leaders. And we both had kind of a light bulb moment of we should still be doing this with students online and actually have even more reason to do this now than we did when he was a student. Those invitations and those yeses to the Lord, they pile up over time and uh, I think that analogy of a muscle, that's such a great analogy. I, I hope people caught that. It's like a, a muscle that students are learning to exercise, saying yes to Jesus, taking risks, calculated, healthy, you know, but, but risks in order to try something new, to start something new. I think that's really wonderful. I, I wonder, Daniel, could you share just a couple of quick hits? If someone's listening to this and says, I really like the idea of leaning into ministry with students, mobilizing student leaders to lead other students. Like what are two or three things that they should, should do? I wonder if we can get very concrete. Yes. I mean, I love the analogy of the muscle building. I think one overarching thing that I would say is we cannot be afraid for students to experience a little bit of muscle soreness. That's often our fear of like, I don't want students to feel pain or be sore, but whenever you go to the gym to work out, you know that there's a good sore and there's a bad sore. So we don't want to tear muscles, but it's good to build muscles. And so one very concrete thing I think we can do is invite students to be part of the planning process. And so asking students, like I did with Crosby, inviting them to take more responsibility, but asking them, what is a responsibility that you feel like you could take on? What's an area of leadership you would be excited about? So for example, uh, we're starting to think and talk about new student outreach. 
I know it feels like the fall is forever away, but right now there are high school students who are getting college acceptance letters, are finding roommates, are registering for classes, are thinking about what they're going to be doing in the fall. You might be able to pull in one of those freshmen in your chapter, one of those sophomores in your chapter, and include them in the planning process for outreach to new students. Absolutely. Yeah, if you are connected, and I wish that I was connected to more high school seniors, then there's no reason that we shouldn't be asking them for input because they're absolutely the experts on the freshman experience. Oh, actually, so that that's that's even stronger than what I said. I was I was thinking like freshmen, sophomores this year, you're thinking about talking to, to high school students. That's that's cutting edge. Yes, you know, we'll see. Maybe I'll get in trouble for saying that. But the, <laughs> I think that, yeah, as people come in, why not? Why not ask for their input? Absolutely. OK, so include them in the planning process. That's great. Is there maybe one or two other things people should consider? Yeah, I think one other big thing is to create systems that can help set students up for a win. And so when I that's a very kind of, I don't know, lots of cool sounding terms there. But what I mean by that is when Crosby was a freshman, I led a small group in the dorms with the explicit intention of developing and launching out new small group leaders. And I told them at the beginning of that small group, hey, this is my hope that even though you're a freshman, you've been on campus for four months, I think that you know people and love people uh, and would want to step out and risk to invite them to study the Bible with you. And so we did that small group together and there was a group of about 10 freshmen who all knew that that's what they were getting into, but it was still fun for them to be together in the dorms. And so then when I came and invited Crosby to take the bigger risk to say, hey, let's lead your own small group as a freshman on campus, he wasn't surprised. And I had, whether indirectly or directly, given him some of the tools to do what he needed to do uh, in the over the course of that small group time explaining why you're doing what you're doing, inviting them to carry small parts of the small group. For example, I lead a nonprofit board. Uh, we've got a board meeting tonight happening on Zoom. I'm going to have someone else do the devotional just so that that sense of shared leadership is growing in the board culture. So th that process of of explaining what you're doing and sharing a small piece of the leadership sets them up to do more later if they choose to. Yeah, and I think one last thing I would add is part of the experience and the culture that shaped me and the decisions that I made, and I think the decisions that Crosby made, was that we were planting the ministry at Chapman during the time when Crosby was a freshman. And so my decision to invite him into bigger experiences of God and experience of leadership was a little bit driven by need. We needed small group leaders because at that point in time, we had never had a male small group leader um, at Chapman. And so I would pose the question to anyone who's in ministry, what would it be like if I was planting a ministry right now? So whether your ministry has been on campus or in the community for 10, 20, 30 years, kind of thinking back and thinking, what would it be like if I was planting this from scratch, if I had no one? And I think that develops a need and desperation in us to take some risks that we might otherwise not try. Um, and it develops a level of trust between us and the Lord that 
when left to our own devices or to the very developed systems and structures we have, we might not ever consider. And one of the things that we're starting to talk about in this moment of pandemic life is that even many of our historic established ministries are going to feel like they're replanting this year. And so it's a fantastic opportunity to pretend like you're planting because you are planting. I mean, one of the things I love about working with college students and with faculty is that because of the rapid turnover on campus, you are constantly planting. The, the, the work of good chapter planting is just good campus ministry leadership. And uh, I think there is a huge opportunity here. If you didn't have systems and structures in place to empower student leaders before the disruption, now's a great time to set them up. Daniel, thank you so much for sharing with us today and encouraging us and challenging us a little bit. I think people are going to come away from this feeling a, a nudge to step out with a little bit more boldness. If people wanted to reach out to you to ask questions or send you money or something, like, like where would they find you? Well, I would definitely welcome either of those things. And you can find me uh, via my email, which is daniel.allen, A-L-L-E-N, at intervarsity.org. And of course, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at danallen1, the numeral one. Or you can check out our ministry accounts, which is at iv.chapman on Instagram as well. And before this conversation, I didn't actually realize that the Chapman account was your account. It's wonderful. They're doing great stuff on Instagram. Do you post there? Do your students post there both? You know, I did post there at one time, but now it is entirely student run. So I love to see what they're posting as well. Wow. Well, that's, that's a fantastic resource. If you want to go and see what student leadership, student ministry that's run by students looks like, go check out just a practical exercise. Go check out the at iv.chapman account and just see what it looks like. Get a taste. Uh, you've been listening to Ministry During the Disruption. If you could subscribe to this podcast, it will let you hear more great conversations like this. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Ministry During the Disruption. We don't post often, but we do share great things that we see around the interwebs. So we're a great follow and we're incredibly encouraging. I'm just going to say that because I manage our Instagram account and I know that I'm running over the internet all, all the time, giving people high fives and hearts and things like that, because I love seeing what people are doing in that ministry innovation space. Thanks for listening, everybody. 